All right, and we're back with another episode of Inside Sports Fantasy Football. It's Gerald Glassford from Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, and Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you for listening in to one of our latest episodes right here and right now. Well, Week 10 is now upon us. A great game just ended between the Raiders and the Chargers with the Raiders squeaking it out at the very end. Got to go ahead and give props to Skip Sherman from the Skip and Josh podcast. He called Josh Jacobs as being one of the players that will go ahead and be a keeper for him in his decision-making So I know a lot of people are excited to see Josh Jacobs go ahead and get that winning TD tonight. So I do want to go ahead and give him some props on that. Again, that's Skip Sherman. You want to check out my podcast I did with him earlier this week and catch his show each and every week, the Skip and Josh podcast. But on today's show, it's going to be a great one as well because I've got my good friend. He's back. He's here to preview week 10 in the NFL We're also going to go ahead and hit him up on some other questions as well in the NFL, including one I really want to talk to him about. It is a good man indeed from Inside Sports. you got to check out what he's doing by following him on Twitter at Chris L Sports. It is the man himself, Chris Sardieri. And Chris, thank you for coming back on once again. Gerald, thanks as always for having me, for the kind words. i got to say this morning while I was drinking my coffee, I listened to your podcast with Skip. I really enjoyed it. I, I've been long, uh, to use the Wall Street term, Jacobs. Have him on one of my teams. Is happy he scored tonight. I think he's really going to be a force here in the second half of the season heading into your fantasy playoff. So good job by him. And I, I really enjoyed his uh, lecture, as it were, that uh, just because you picked a guy higher in one of the upper rounds of your draft does not mean he needs to start every week. This isn't the NFL. So great advice. That is a nasty habit that a lot of fantasy football team owners get into. I, I am guilty of that, and I have been more than guilty of that. On one, on, I have been guilty on that. Uh, I have been guilty of that on more than one occasion. And I'll tell you what, it's something I've got to be very cognizant of going forward that I don't fall into those same pratfalls and traps each and every time out when I'm going ahead and just because I drafted some high. I got to keep them. So that was very pointed advice by Skip Sherman. And again, please check out his podcast as well, the Skip and Josh podcast. But we're here to talk right now, previewing the games on week 10 of the NFL that are left. And it's going to be a great weekend indeed. So I want to hear from you, my friend, as a fantasy football owner in that drive towards the playoffs, I want to hear your thoughts exactly on what games appeal to you most for week 10 in the NFL. Well, I'm going to start real quick with one that does not, neither as a football fan nor a fantasy football player, the Jets and Giants. um, As you know, I am a lifelong New York Giants fan. They are a mess, to say the least, but the Jets might be even more of a mess, although uh, some in the New York media are theorizing that Black Cat that ran on the field on the Meadowlands Monday night may have jinxed their season. No, I I think Pat Shermer, Dave Gettleman, and company have done a good job of that. But uh, I bring this up because I saw one of these fantasy experts said if you needed to stream a defense this week, you might want to pick up the Giants. And while that may make sense in the the sense that the Jets have just a horrific offense right now and Sam Darnold looks lost, as I always advocate, watch football with a football fan's eye, even as a fantasy owner. This Giants defense can't tackle. They can't cover they can't keep a lead. So I guess if you're desperate, pick up the Giants. But if it were me, I'd pick up someone like a Kansas City that might not be that great. But going up against a uh, 
you know, an opponent that they might be able to score some points off of, get turnovers. I think they're a better start. Uh, the matchup that really intrigues me, and again, this is from a football fan and a fantasy owner perspective, is the Monday night game between the Seahawks and the 49ers. ESPN's got to be happy. They have what's likely one of the best games of the week. And I think uh, on both sides of the ball offensively, I think you've got some potential starts there. Russell Wilson is always perennial fantasy and NFL MVP candidate. We know Tyler Lockett's an excellent receiver, but the rookie DK Metcalf's coming into his own. And I think, too, if Richard Sherman keys on his former teammate Lockett, it uh, might present some opportunities for Metcalf in this game. On the flip side, Jimmy Garoppolo, who I, I told you, stash him, get ready to start him in the second half, had a great game for my, my team last week. I think he's another start this week because the Seattle secondary has been pretty porous. When Jameis Winston lights you up, you know you've got problems as a defense, and uh, the Seahawks have not impressed me at all with that. Emmanuel Sanders recently traded from Denver, might be worth starting this week, and we all know Greg Kittle's a week-to-week start. And frankly, I think Garoppolo is a good start. If you've uh, you've got Cam Newton, who's done for the year, or maybe you've got Mahomes and you're waiting to see what happens with him, Garoppolo's out there. You've got him on your bench. I think it's safe to give him another start this week. Couldn't agree with you more. And that was the game I was pointed toward to, and that was the San Francisco game on Monday night. You're right. ESPN must be thanking their lucky stars. They're getting that type of matchup on Monday night. So I'm looking forward to that, not only from a fantasy football perspective, because I do have the San Francisco defense, but also from a football fan perspective because right now that looks to be one of the best matchups this weekend in the NFL. One thing I want to ask you is the Los Angeles Rams because Skip Sherman earlier this week and I, we discussed the Los Angeles Rams as being very different from the one we saw go all the way to the Super Bowl this past year because of the fact that you've got receivers that are not consistently the main target. Cooper Cup is having the best year out of all three, but still, one you see perform, the other ones don't get the ball as much from golf. You, you see another one perform, and the same thing happens. Then you have Todd Gurley. Then you have Malcolm Brown. I mean, at this point in time, can you make any real, true, consistent sense out of the Los Angeles offense? No, I really can't. And I, I think one of the, the key reasons I Gurley's injury issues with his knee is the fact that Brandon Cooks has been hurt. He's been rolled out with this game. This is a second serious concussion he's had. Uh, he won in the Super Bowl a few years when he was a member of the Patriots. I think that's worrisome, and I think it kind of throws their offense into a flux. If you've noticed, tight end Gerald Everett's been getting a lot more targets, and typically Goff doesn't throw to the tight end unless you have kind of a dump off over the middle, like a third or fourth option. I do feel, though, that if you need a receiver to stash or maybe someone that points. If you're looking for a bi-week flex player, uh, I had him last year, and I think he's worth gambling on this year. Josh Reynolds, he filled in nicely when Cooper Cup got hurt last year. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Goff starts to target him. That said, with the way he's kind of spreading the ball, having a great year, not something you can count on, but Goff did have a good rapport with Reynolds. Um, I believe he also could have caught a touchdown that fantastic Monday night game against the Chiefs last season. So uh, there's someone to keep your eye on there while Cooks is hurt. Definitely. Any help you can get from the tight end position as well. As you mentioned, that Jared Goff has been suddenly starting to go to the tight end is something that fantasy owners need to take notice. And if he is still available for some unknown reason on your waiver wire, you do need to pick him up ASAP because 
I don't know how many productive tight ends that are out there, but there's not many from what I can see. I'm looking at the numbers every single week, and I see tight ends producing at a much lower level than before. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I'm so desperate myself. I had to go out and get Jack Doyle as a bye week fill-in this week. So uh, really scraping the bottle of the tight end barrel like a lot of other players this year. It's getting to be that point, and I'm sorry to see that change with the tight end. Almost like a defunct position for many teams and a kind of like a throwaway position because it just seems like they're in there for blocking and nothing more. And it looks like you know, for many of those tight ends at this point in time, some of them are still pretty good pass catchers. They're not getting the opportunity because of the fact that you want to go ahead and pass to the running back, pass to the wide receivers. You want to get them all the, the throws downfield. And the tight end for most teams is not an active source of offense for them. So that's a, kind of disappointing to see there. But again, with the way that the NFL is changing and it's just downfield, 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 pass deep, pass 10, 15 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards deep all the time. It seems like the tight end position is becoming a little bit passe. Yeah, which is interesting because the NFL has opened up offensively over the last two decades, and we're kind of reverting back to that uh, 1970s, 1980s formula where the uh, tight end was just a blocker or uh, maybe a threw down near the red zone or the goal line and get you a cheap touchdown. So funny how things come full circle in the league. Absolutely, my friend. We'll be right back with more fantasy football. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm talking to Chris Sardieri. He is at Chris L Sports on Twitter. If you go ahead and give him a shout out on Twitter, I'm sure he'll give you a shout out back. And you know, if you need any advice on fantasy football, you could just go ahead and hit him up there. Or if you have a question for Chris or myself, we're always available at Inside Sports FF on Twitter. That's Inside Sports FF on Twitter or IS Fantasy Football at Yahoo.com. And my friend. The last thing I wanted to talk to you about before we head on out is the man who just shaved his mustache or trimmed it or whatever he did. You know, he's had like three shavings in the past week or something like that. In fact, two in the same day or something. I don't know. I just glanced through an article and I was just like, okay, whatever. People seem to be worried about his grooming habits. I'm not. But anyways, (laughs) that individual is Baker Mayfield from the Cleveland Browns. Somebody that came into the season with a whole bunch of hype. And unfortunately, as I spoke to, again, Skip Sherman from the Skip and Josh podcast on our last podcast, I just tell you right now, it's something that both of us addressed a concern. I wanted to talk to you about in detail about the problems that Baker Mayfield has had this season, what you see the issues are, and can they be corrected going forward? Not, you know, even if it's not this year, but if he, you know, if it's something that can be corrected next year and beyond, so that makes him a valuable fantasy football option once again. Yeah, I, I think it's a perfect storm of sorts. So you start with the fact that the Browns' offensive line is uh, inadequate at best. So uh, 
Mayfield's getting pressured more. And uh, let's face it, he's not a big guy. So when you've got a lot of defensive pressure and the big boys coming at you, it's hard to get off those passes quick and be accurate. Secondly, teams are just keying on OBJ. And I think he's getting frustrated by, as we've seen. And uh, while he's got Jarvis Landry, he doesn't have a heck of a lot of other great options at wide receiver, in my opinion. So uh, that that's not helping either. And then bigger picture, look, Baker lobbied for Freddie Kitchens to get the job because they work well together when Kitchens got promoted to offensive coordinator last year and it worked, but remains to be seen if Kitchens has had coaching material, but it's hard to, to run an NFL team and call plays. I mean, you've got to be a very special guy like a Sean McVay to be able to do that or a Bill Belichick on the defensive side. And uh, I think that's having a factor too, that people kind of forget about. He doesn't have his coordinator and Kitchens is in over his head at times of game management replay decisions and the like and then too i feel like uh i had nick chubb in fantasy last year and i feel like the browns tend to abandon the run with him a little too early at times this season chubb was a big reason for mayfield's success last year when he emerged there was no way to just uh key on mayfield you know you had this really just viable threat coming out of the backfield and you know, if the defense is looking past, Chubb could rip off some runs. And that seems to not be happening this year. It could be, could be a function of the offensive line issues, too. Going forward, can this be fixed? I guess it could. Uh, I, I really don't know what would happen next year. But until the line gets fixed, and frankly, if the Freddie Kitchens issues don't get settled, uh, I know some people are already calling for him to be fired after one year. I don't know if John Dorsey will do that, but there's a real issue there. He may have to delegate play calling to someone else. Well, I'll just say this, that the performance is severely under what fans and what many prognosticators expected out of the Cleveland Browns. I mean, there was even talk about playoffs. I was thinking maybe 500, 8-8. Eight and eight. I think that's probably the best I was thinking that they would be. I mean, that would be a big jump from where they, where they were, but they had the talent seemingly on paper to go ahead and take them at that level, if not a little bit better. So I think there might need to be a change in order. It just seems to not work out. I know it's been only one year for the head coach, but you know what, my friend? I think if you're not producing now, it's going to be hard for him to produce at, at any kind of level, especially given the talent that they had outside of the offensive line. Yeah, they really gave him the tools he needed. I mean, uh, OBJ, say what you will about him, is, is at worst a top five receiver in this league. So they gave him that. But yeah, I, I look, I wouldn't be surprised if he got fired. I mean, the Cardinals got rid of their coach last year after one year. Stranger things have happened in this league, but something's not right. But I will say the one thing that does concern me about Mayfield is look, he's a brash, he's an outspoken guy, but he's got kind of these high swings where he's uh, completely fired up or he's completely dejected. And seeing the post-game press conferences, the, the fact that he was uh, like verbally getting into it with an ESPN Cleveland reporter in the locker room after a practice during the season. Those sorts of things are what bother me. Does he have the temperament? Does he have the attitude? I think that remains to be seen. Yeah, it's been a rough year. Yeah, everyone talks about the sophomore jinx. But um, if you ask me, they, they, they've given him more than enough tools around him. He's just got to produce at some point. There are a lot of quarterbacks who played with bad offensive lines. Russell Wilson suffered for a number of years in Seattle with that, and he seemed to handle it just fine. He seemed to handle it by running wild all over the place in his own backfield. That's what I remember anyways. Got to improvise, right? 
that he did and all the props to him. I'm still glad he's got his health because there were some times there that the offensive line was so bad and it was not being addressed at all by the organization that I feared for his life. I truly did. <laughs> we may be headed to the replay booth, but we'll be right back with Inside Sports Fantasy Football. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break Podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. So my friend, it's been great talking to you. Again, it's Crystal Ardieri from Inside Sports. If you have any questions for him, fantasy football related, again, it's at Chris L Sports on Twitter. You can also get a hold of him or me by just going ahead and sending us your question in to us, isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com or insidesportsff on Twitter. My friend, before we head on out, I want to go ahead and ask you real quick, I know one of the most popular segments on your shows that you did with Charles Smith was Pick'em, going ahead like we do here in Vegas and giving the people the winners that are out there. I was wondering if I could ask you a favor, my friend, for next week, starting next week, if you could go ahead and start picking some of those winners for us, seeing the line, seeing where the action is, seeing where the money's going, and giving the people out there your advanced knowledge on this. Because like I said, it was something I know you enjoyed, and it was something that was a great part of your shows in the past. Hopefully I can go ahead and convince you that maybe you'd like to do it here on this show going forward. Gerald, you don't have to twist my arm at all. Thank you. I'd be honored to be nice to start looking at my favorite was to pick an underdog every week. Love the dogs in Vegas. Funny, I ran into a friend of mine, Jason, who's a big fan of our show and a big fantasy football fan. He asked me today who I liked. So uh, I think this is perfect timing. Jason deserves to hear what I have to say pick wise. Recounting the story to a 49er fan earlier this evening about how uh, last year in Vegas, I picked a couple over-unders and, uh, I jinxed the Giants, and I also had the 49ers at over seven and a half wins. And Garoppolo went out and ripped up his knee in week three, and that was the end of their season. But like I say, uh, I didn't bet on them this year, but I did believe in them last year. So I'll take half the credit for that. And then the other half, I'll say to 49er fans, I didn't jinx you this year, guys. I didn't place a wager on you. So like a broken clock, I'm right twice a day. That's too funny, especially when it comes to your hometown Giants. I mean, they just seem to get you every time. That's one of my first tenants I'll pass along throughout the weeks. Uh, don't wager on your favorite team. It's uh, lose-lose every time, it seems. Well, you know how much I love the Lakers. And all I say is this. In Vegas, there's always been one thing. Always bet against the Lakers, and you'll be very happy because they are one of the worst against the spread because so many people come from L.A. They flow the money in the Lakers' direction, so the spread always goes higher than what it should. So, yes, from – I'm going to say this year. This year, we're still gauging exactly where it lands. But traditionally, always bet against the Lakers. That was just what I was told. So it's funny because, you know, it's always <laughs> stuck with me in this town. You know, and it's true to an extent because so much money is always put on that team. It's incredible. But again, yeah. we're talking football. It's going to be a great weekend in the NFL. Chris, I cannot thank you enough for being a part of the show today. Any last thoughts on the way out? You're welcome. Thank you as well. Here, here's a, a weird one I'm going to throw out there to you. And I thought about it last week and I didn't bring it up, but you end up having a, uh, a halfway decent fantasy game. Jameis Winston, 
might be someone if you're desperate for a quarterback that you could start. He's shown signs of life. I know it was against a porous Seattle secondary. Uh, this week he faces the Cardinals. You need a spot starter. Dare I say, go out and start him. I mean, it uh, looks like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin have been uh, revitalized. I know it's kind of going out on a limb, but there are worse options at quarterback than uh, Jameis Winston, who's kind of playing for his future right now with his contract up after this year. Well, we talked about it before last week. I think with you and also Jason Dutch of The Voice from the Underground, last week's shows, where we talked about those two, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, being the most prolific wide receiver tandem in the NFL. Mike Evans had another close to 200-yard week last week, just filling up the box scores. If he isn't, Chris Godwin is. So those two together combined have done a great job as far as providing at least some type of you know aerial offense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When it comes to Jameis Winston, what I've been seeing lately is all over the place. Bad games, he's throwing three to five interceptions. Good games, he's throwing three to five touchdowns. Lately, it's been two out of three good. So maybe you're right. Maybe it is time, especially if you're on a bye week and your quarterback is sitting, you might want to lean on Jameis Winston because it, you know it is kind of a crapshoot when it comes to him. But for now, at least with those wide receiver targets, it could be a very good option for you. Yeah, definitely. And as always, play the matchup. And I, uh, judging by what Garoppolo did to the Cardinals this week, I uh, think I, I feel with some confidence that Winston's worth starting if you need him. Well, there you go. From the man himself, it is Chris Ardieri from Inside Sports. Again, check out what he's doing today on Twitter at Chris L Sports. Of course, we're right always here at Inside Sports as well. So you can always check us out. On Twitter as well, at InsideSportsFF or ISFantasyFootball at Yahoo.com. Well, it's been a great episode, my friend. I cannot thank you enough for being part of it. It's going to be a great weekend in the NFL. Best of luck to you with your fantasy team. Best of luck to everyone else out there with your fantasy football teams as you make that drive towards the playoffs. Hope everybody goes ahead and has a successful weekend from all of us right here at Inside Sports Fantasy Football.